So of course we want to get to you know where so-and-so is right now, but we don't realize what so-and-so went through to get there. Hey, hey, I'm Danielle Ryan, and this is Adulting 101. Being an adult is stressful, and this podcast was specifically designed to help you navigate the crazy world of adulthood. So buckle up, and let's get into the episode. I would like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the indigenous peoples of the lands that this episode is being recorded on, in particular the Chippewas of Rama and Wata Mohawk First Nations. While we meet today virtually, wherever you're listening in from in the world, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the importance of the lands, which we call home, and wish to honor indigenous history and culture and commit to moving forward in the spirit of reconciliation and respect with all First Nation, Métis, and Inuit people. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Can you believe that it's already May? Because I am sitting here wondering where the first four months of the year went. I want to thank so, so many of you for the feedback that I received on last week's episode. We celebrated four years of Adulting 101, 40,000 downloads, just absolutely in awe and appreciation of each and every one of you who continues to show up here on whatever you're listening from, iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, CastBox. I don't know. There's too many options out there now. But hello and welcome. I'm so grateful that you are back here again listening to another episode. If you haven't already, I would appreciate it if you took 30 seconds to hop on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I don't know. I don't have an Apple phone. So somebody tell me what it's called, okay? Wherever you listen to your podcast on your Apple device, please go and leave me a rating. It can be a one-star Obviously, I prefer a five-star, but you know what? We can't all be five-star podcasters every day. So if that's what your heart feels, that's what it feels. You know, somebody left me a four-star review a couple weeks ago with no written feedback. And that was a little bit upset at first. I saw that and I was like, oh, what did I do not to deserve five stars? But you know what? We're all entitled to our own opinions and our own thoughts. And if that's what that person felt I truly deserved then I give them my utmost respect. I appreciate, you know, any sort of attention because it boosts me in the algorithm either way, whether you like me or not. It's like TikTok. If I post something controversial, I'm gonna get more views. So I say, let the people do what they will. But that's just to say that if you have a few seconds to spare and you wouldn't mind just hopping over there, leaving a rating or review, I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much. And let's get into this week's podcast. So we have an interview. You can tell by the title. I have brought on a fellow podcaster, my dear friend Sophia from the Shit Show of My 20s podcast, which I absolutely love the name, first of all. We connected, surprise, surprise, through Instagram, and I will be guesting on her podcast in the very near future. So if you're not already a listener to that, you should definitely go and subscribe. But Sophia is a 20-year-old from California. She is a podcaster by night and a loan officer by day. And she's actually funded over $60 million since 2020. She got furloughed for about three months last year and decided to use that as an opportunity to start the podcast she always wanted. So since April of last year, she has interviewed over 130 people and she's just so, so passionate about helping women to get out of their own way and turn their own shit shows into growth opportunities. And we have a great conversation with her all about her journey to, you know, facing the fears and self-doubt to start her own podcast and to really just pursue her next level life in the way that was fit for her. And hopefully you can take some inspiration away from this conversation and start to take action on some of the dreams that you've been sitting on. So we're all about doing the damn thing here and let's go ahead and talk just about that. Hi, 
Sophia. Thanks so much for coming on here. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk to you and get to know you and see what comes up in our conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. You know, it's funny. I say this in literally every interview because it just seems to keep happening over and over again, but I keep connecting with people from California and I think it's a sign from the universe that I need to go to California, but COVID. So I guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, do you want to move to California? <laughs> I Well, it wasn't on my radar, but maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. <laughs> I actually have a friend of mine who works in like the startup tech community. And he's always like, you need to move to LA. You need to come out to San Francisco. You need to do this. And I'm just like rolling my eyes at him. But now I'm like, maybe he knows what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. I love that. Okay. Sorry. That was a bit of a tangent. Would you mind um, introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah. So my name's Sophia. I'm a 20 year old from California. I'm a loan officer by day, podcaster by night. I started the shit show of my twenties last April and it's been incredible. I've interviewed over 140 people and it's just been such a life-changing opportunity for me to get an insight in all these conversations and just be able to interview people and ask any questions I want and just be able to like get the insight from them and get the kind of mentorship from them of being interviews and doing interviews. And I absolutely love it. Um, I've learned so much along the way. I've interviewed so many different people from singers to um, dating app, people who create their own dating app to um, real estate investors to this girl who um, retired at 27. Like I just get all these variety of people and it's so incredible to get to learn from them and just kind of see how they see the world. And I see like how they see the world differently is just so incredible. And my journey has been quite interesting from 2019 till now. I had quite a series of shit show moments, which kind of inspired the podcast. I had this series of craziness. I had um, a car accident and then I got furloughed from my job for about three months. And then I had to break a rental contract. And I, it was kind of like all these things back to back. And I had this moment, I was like, my life feels like a shit show. Like it feels like a shit show of one after the other, after other. And then that's kind of where the idea for the podcast came from is I'm like, I feel like I'm not the only 20 year old going through this. I feel like other 20 year olds are probably going through their own shit show. So why not we just celebrate that all together and talk about that all together and kind of normalize that these shit shows are actually great opportunities for us. I like to kind of use the word shit show and wake up call interchangeably because I feel like they're kind of like a wake up call. Like they're kind of like a sign from the universe of something needs to change, something different needs to happen. And I had my own series of wake up calls and I think the universe was really trying to wake up me to my potential. And I think if you're going through a wake up call right now, it's the universe is trying to wake up you to your potential. And I feel like we kind of go day by day, like I was going day by day in my job and kind of just doing the motions, but I was never really taking time to check in with myself and what I really wanted. I was just kind of going through the circles and I never really made time to check in with me. And does this job align with me? Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Like I never took time to actually ask those questions or ask like what projects do I want to create in this world? So I feel like those series of wake up calls, of course, it didn't happen overnight. It took three for me to wake up, <laughs> but eventually I did. And yeah, so that's what I'm really passionate about is I'm really passionate about helping people realize that there's nothing wrong with having shit shows. There's nothing wrong with having wake up calls. We can learn from them. They can be a beautiful experience for us if we let them. 
and just kind of like helping people not feel like they're alone in these moments, helping people feel like there's other people there supporting them. And I just, that's my favorite thing right now is being able to like build a community and being able to just share these stories that aren't always shared. That's like one of my favorite things. Like some of these stories of the people I've interviewed, they usually don't share. Like I have this ability to get people to open up about some information that they usually don't share with people. And I think it's so beautiful that I'm able to release these messages and release these stories that need to be shared with the world. Yeah, I really love that so much. And I appreciate you sort of alluding to this fact that it's normal for us to not know what we're doing or to feel like we don't know what we're doing. I was actually talking with a listener of this podcast last week and we were saying how like when we're kids and we look at our parents, it gives us this perception that like, okay, once you reach a certain age, there's like this magical age where all of a sudden you're going to know how to do everything. You're going to know how to like book your own doctor's appointments and file your taxes and like do all these like adult things. And it's like, once you become an adult, you realize that like that time doesn't exist. Literally your parents were making it up the entire time. They're still making it up. And now it's my turn. And now I have to friggin' figure it out on my own. And there's no rule book on how to make it work or what that's going to look like. I just, I really agree with this idea that like even people looking at you and I, like I'm sure people listen to this podcast and your podcast and they think like, oh, those girls have it so together and they know what they're doing. And it's like, I literally, if you're listening to this right now, I have no idea what I'm doing today, tomorrow, or the next day. I'm just making it up. But that's part of the journey is exactly like you said, like trying something, it blows up in your face. You're like, oh, guess I shouldn't do that next time. Like, let me try something different and using those opportunities rather than getting super defeated and being like, oh, well, screw this, I'm a failure. It's about taking those opportunities and turning them into something beautiful. So I really admire what you've done with sort of taking those challenges and then using that to fuel your podcast and really grow that audience. So what has that journey been like? I'm curious, especially since you've said you've interviewed over 130 people, I'm sure that when you started your podcast, it looks a lot different than it does now. Is that the case? Like, what has that journey sort of been like? Yeah. So I was always like the shy girl in school. So if you would have told me in elementary school that I would be talking to all these people and hosting a podcast, I would have been like, yeah, right. Like that's not going to happen. But what happened was it's just, I had this, like, like this idea kept on like, kind of like, biting at me you know like when you have an idea and it keeps on like dragging you and dragging you and you're like why does this idea keep on coming up and it kind of like bugs you to the point where you're like okay I have to do this because I know if I'm not going to do this it's just going to continue to bug me and that was kind of the podcast for me and it also was just a serendipitous of like getting furloughed and having nothing to do and this idea coming at the same time so I was like how is it that I had nothing to do And this idea comes just at this point in time. I was like, it's kind of like a sign, like you have nothing to do, might as well do this and go all in in this. So I just kind of went on Fiverr, created a cover art and I created the podcast before I was ready. I wasn't ready for any of it. (laughs) I didn't know how to do an interview. I didn't know how to do any of it. I just went on Facebook groups like, hey, I'm starting a podcast, love to interview you. Tell me about your stories, if it's a good fit. We'll schedule an interview together. And I just put it out there and like, I was like, I'm going to see who it resonates with, if it lands or not. So at the beginning, I just started scheduling people and I just showed up and I was really honest with the first person I interviewed. I'm like, look, you're the first person I've interviewed ever. Like this could either end up like really good or this could end up really bad. 
but Buckle I'm, just, in. I'm not exactly. sure where this is going. <laughs> exactly. But it, for me, it helped to be honest with them. Like it helped to not pretend like I knew what I was doing. Cause I obviously didn't know what I was doing. So it kind of gave me the permission to mess up or gave me the permission to just see how it goes, which I think helped versus like the added pressure of like, Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. I've done this multiple times. I'm, I'm great at this. So I think that helped is just that accountability of scheduling those first like 10, 20 people and showing up, even though I didn't know how it was going to go and just being very honest. So I think all that just helped me in the beginning is just get, getting to start that momentum. And then once you create that momentum, it gets easier. But of course, at the beginning, it wasn't as easy. Yeah. And that has to be really scary too. the idea of just like starting before you feel ready, because I think that pretty much anything, whether it's starting a podcast, launching a business, taking on a new hobby, a lot of the times we have this idea of this thing we want to do, but we're so scared of like, well, how would I even figure out how to interview someone? Or what are people going to say if I tell them that my podcast is named the shit show of my twenties, like all of these what ifs and how and why and where, and we prevent ourselves from even taking that first step because we're so, so stuck in this place of fear. So I really admire you for sort of just being like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. And if it works great, if it doesn't, I always joke that like my entire life is just an experiment and that's how I do everything. I'm like, this seems interesting. Maybe I'll try it out. Oh, no, just kidding. Like I hate it or, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. And so I think that if more people could sort of take that approach, not necessarily like you don't have to treat your whole life like an experiment. I'm a little bit extreme, but if you could start treating projects or passion pursuits with that mentality, I think that you could find a lot more opportunities that you maybe didn't know existed if you were more open to receiving those. Would you agree? Yeah. I would agree. I think it helps so much to take the pressure off of it and turn it into like what you said, like experiment. But I think also one thing that helped me is also the thought of like, if I didn't do this, would I regret it? So it was also that. So that kind of helped me because I was like, okay, might as well try. Even if we try and fail, at least we have some sort of experience. At least we learn something for it, from it versus not trying and always wondering. That part bugged me the most about it. Yeah, I think that's huge too. I always use that example when I left my job. It was like, okay, but if I'm stuck at this job for the next 30 years, like, am I going to be miserable? Answer is yes. I'm out of here. (laughs) But it's so important to use that to put things into perspective. Like, is this thing that I'm thinking of going to be stuck in my head until I take action on it? Or is it something that's just passing? Because sometimes I'll get ideas where it's like, oh, I want to start learning how to paint. And then a month later, it's not even a thought in my head anymore. And I'm like, okay, I really don't really care. Like that's not impactful. But like you said, if I'm thinking like, oh, I want to start a podcast. And then two weeks later, I'm still thinking like, oh, I want to start a podcast. Like maybe I should try starting the podcast and see what happens. Another thing that also helped me is looking at people that I admire and why do I admire them? So I always looked at that, like I admire people like, you know, like Lewis Howes, Ed Milet, like all these people. And I was like, why do I admire them so much? What traits of them do I really admire? I admire their boldness. I admire how they take action. I admire how they show up on stages. I admire their energy. And just kind of looking at those people and realizing why you admire them so much and being like, okay, what is that telling me about my life? Where in my life am I not showing up as boldly? Where in my life do I need to take more action? Where in my life do I need to go to that next level? And I think kind of seeing those representations also helps you realize that it's possible for you as well. 
Yes. And that's so important, especially if we think about the concept of comparison, because I think the two can be like a very slippery slope in that we can either look at people we admire and become really envious and be like, oh, well, that's great for them, but it's never going to happen for me. Or, oh, I wish I had this and that. But when we can take those people that we admire and look at those traits, those qualities, those things that they're doing as a source of inspiration, but also a source, like you said, of proof that if it's available to that person, it's available to me. I think that being able to shift your mindset between those two, between envy and inspiration is so, so important. And I think that that is a journey in itself, because especially if we're someone who maybe hasn't had like the best circumstances or life hasn't always sort of worked out in our favor, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here, people. Um, I think that it can be challenging for us to recognize this perspective, like you said, of like, oh, well, they did it. So I can do it too. Because if we've only faced hardships, we're thinking, oh, well, they did it, but like, that's not going to happen for me. And so putting in the work, whether that's listening to podcasts, reading books, doing some self-reflection in your journal to really figure out like, why do I feel so negatively? What limiting beliefs am I letting stop me from going after the things I want? Um, I'd be curious to know if that's something you've struggled with at all, this idea of like comparison serving as sort of a block, I guess, for you being able to do things you want. Have you ever experienced that? Not really, to be honest with you, not really. So I got into personal development at a really young age. So I started at 14. So at 14, I started listening to Lewis Howes, Ed Milet, Tony Robbins, all of them. So I started listening to them at a really young age. And I just took their stories as examples of what's possible. I didn't really take their stories and compare myself to their stories. Because the thing is, when you're only on your chapter one or when you're only at the beginning of your story, it's not fair for you to compare yourself to their chapter, you know, a hundred, whatever. So I think I always kind of realized that. So I just was able to use it as inspiration and motivation versus like, oh no, I'm not there yet. So I'm not good enough or I can never be there. I kind of look at their stories, pick them apart. And I was like, okay, he started on his sister's couch. Okay. He started with nothing. He was broke at 24. Okay. That was for Lewis house. He was in his sister's couch. He was 24. He was broke. He, um, he went through an injury and all that stuff. And I was like, okay. And kind of like reverse engineering their stories. And I was like, he went through that at 24 and look at where he is at like 35, 36, wherever he is right now. So when you started, I started to take all these stories and kind of break them apart. And Mel Robbins, like she didn't really come out until she was in her forties. So I started to take apart these stories and realize, okay, whenever your time is to start going on that path, it's going to be your time. Like, it doesn't matter if it's 40, it doesn't matter if it's 20, like whatever time it is, is what's going to happen. So I started to realize that everyone's story is different. So it's not fair to me for me to compare myself to them. And I know when my story is going to, happen when my story is meant to happen it's going to happen so I was just able to have that perspective from a really young age and I think that's what helped me with comparison yeah and that's such a beautiful perspective to have as well because I think that that alleviates a lot of the pressure rather than being like well this person's the same age as me and they have this like million dollar business and then here I am and I don't even have two cents to my name and I don't even have a job or like you know what I mean but I think that that's so important to think well that person has a completely different backstory than I do so their experience is going to be totally different and I think that it is really important for us to recognize that not only are we working sort of 
in our own time at our own pace, but we have to have that perspective to recognize that, okay, because we don't have it yet, doesn't mean that it's not ever available to us. It's just not our time right now. So I really appreciate you saying that because I think that people who do struggle with comparison, it can be because of that, because they think that, well, if Sophia is doing this at this age, then I should have done that at my age. But it's like, no, 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 no. Your story and Danielle's story and Sophia's story are three totally different stories and none of them are going to look the same. Yeah. The thing is also, I think we have to go through a certain set of experiences before we could get there. Right. So of course we want to get to, you know, where so-and-so is right now, but we don't realize what so-and-so went through to get there. Like, we don't know what happened to them at a young age. We don't know what sort of experiences they had. So it's really important to realize they had the knowledge and they had all these experiences to help them get there. And maybe we're not done with all of our experiences that we need yet to share with the world. Yeah. Because like you said, right at the beginning of this interview, it took you like three specific incidents Mm -hmm. for you to finally wake up and be like, okay, I need to go and start my podcast. And I think that everyone sort of has, has those like, um, turning point moments where all of a sudden you're like, all right, this is the thing I need to wake up and go after the things that I want. So I'm curious to know, aside from the podcast and stuff, what does your career look like? How does that sort of blend into you hosting the podcast? Like I remember starting my podcast when I worked my full-time job as well. And it was like, a lot all the time. So I'm curious to know what your life looks like right now. It is a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. So I have a job. I work about 50 hours a week in that job. And then on the weekends, mainly I do the podcast. I also am a bit crazy. Okay. So I'll wake up at 3am in the morning. I'll work out. I'll do a podcast interview at 5am and I'll start working at 7am. And I'll do, I'll do crazy things for this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'll wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning to do it. I'll wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning to do it. Like I make time for it because it's important to me. So wherever I can fit it in, I do. I personally will never do an interview after work because I know I want to be at my best energy and my best energy is in the morning or on the weekends. So I tried to do one after work and didn't end up as well. So I was like, okay, this is a sign that you need to make it either in the mornings or in the weekends. Like we don't want to mix the two. And my job right now, I work at a mortgage company. I work there full time. It is a lot to juggle them both, but I think if you really love something, you find a way. Like I don't really have weekends. I edit the podcast on the weekends. I come up with Instagram stuff on the weekends. I just come up with stuff on the weekends. So I think long, my long-term vision is to be able to do the podcast full time, is to be able to have like a retreat in Greece, courses, to have like a whole thing around the podcast. That's my long-term vision. But really, I think right now I'm in the stage of just allowing my job to be the thing that funds the thing I love and being able to be grateful for it, which is hard. Some days you're like, I want that thing I love, you know, like I really want it now. (laughs) But also realizing that at the same time, that thing that I love is going to happen in its time. So kind of like realizing, being appreciative of where you are right now, but also realizing that the thing you love is coming too. So it's kind of hard to balance the two, but that's kind of what I'm doing right now. As far as my job, I do love that it's given me the opportunity to learn so much. I do love that it's given me the opportunity to grow. They've given me all these different opportunities to work with the VP, to work in doing some management for a couple of weeks, to work in all these different things. And I am one of the youngest people at that company. And it was definitely a struggle to get in because of my age. And a lot of people saw kind of my age as a liability. So it was a struggle to get into the company. 
but I got in and I've done over 70 million in fundings. I've done all these things in the, during the time I've learned so much and I continue to learn so much about personality types, how to talk to people on the phone, financing, all these different things around real estate. And I didn't realize this until recently, but I think the reason why I went into the strong, even though I wasn't able to figure it out at the time, I thought it was for money. Like I thought it was to get money. I thought it was for that. But really, I think the reason why I got into this job was also to be able to learn and take this knowledge and be able to help 20-somethings purchase their first house and to be able to make all these complicated things easier. So being able to make mortgages, purchase contracts, all these things easier, I think that's part of my one thing I'm really good at is I'm good at making things that are really complicated and hard to understand really easy. And I had this experience with this customer and she said, Sophia, thank you so much for not degrading me on the phone about all the things I didn't know about my own mortgage. And she had this guy from another loan um, company make her feel awful for all the things she didn't know about her own mortgage. And he was just so horrible to her on the phone. And really, I didn't realize this was happening, but I was like, there's so many things we don't know. No one teaches us about mortgages, purchasing a property. How do we qualify? No one teaches us about any of that. So I think that's part of one of the things I'm good at is teaching that to people and helping people realize that you don't necessarily have to have, you know, two incomes to qualify. You don't necessarily have to wait for that other person before you can purchase your first property. You can do it on your own. So yeah, it's kind of been the experience and what I've learned so far. Yeah. And that comes back to the, like what I was saying in the beginning of this idea that like, we think we're just going to one day wake up and know how to do all these things. And you literally don't know. So it's nice that you have, you have that ability to explain something like that. Cause I know like when we got our mortgage, we had a mortgage broker who was very, very helpful, but had he not have been there, we would have just been like, I want to buy a house. I don't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Because it's not one of those things that like in high school, they're like, and here's how to qualify for a mortgage and buy a house. It's like, no, 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 no. You just got to figure it out on your own. So good luck. I love that though. And I really love this, this sort of message that you have of like, working hard towards the things you want, because I think that I've seen this a lot in like people within my close friend circle. I've seen it with like strangers on the internet or people that I know in passing this thing where they like get this idea, they start this project and they're super passionate about it. And then it doesn't blow up overnight, like shocker. Mm. Um, (laughs) But in their head, I guess they see, like we were talking about before, all of these super successful people who run successful businesses or have successful podcasts and blah, 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 blah. And they think like, well, I started this thing and it didn't catch on. So then they quit and they don't want to do it anymore. But I think that it's really important to recognize that big things, important things, things that are super successful, take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of dedication, like waking up at 3am, that might be a little bit extreme, but (laughs) I, I, I just, I can relate. Like I remember spending every single lunch hour at my nine to five job, sitting in my car, editing my podcast on my laptop, because it was like, this is the only free time I have. And if you have this project and you want it to work out and you want to see it to fruition, you have to be willing to make some of those sacrifices, Mm -hmm. I think, to have that happen. It's not just like, a, oh, well, I'm going to start a podcast and post about it one time. And hopefully yeah. it'll get 1 million downloads because like, that's not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, that comes down to a ton of different things, but I think the point is that it's really, really important to recognize that 
people who have the things you want, those people you see as inspiring, or if you have something, even regardless of what other people have, if you have this sort of vision for your life and what you want to achieve, it's going to take probably a significant amount of work. I can't think of mm-hmm. anything in life that comes like <laughs> comes easily. I was like, I feel like that sounds really negative, but I mean, like, I can't think of any sort of successful project, business, whatever that you could just decide you want to do and have success in. Like, it's going to take time and effort and likely quite a bit of sacrifice as well. So I really admire the work, the work that you're doing. And um, I can definitely relate to you for sure. (laughs) What have been some of the like biggest challenges you would say, aside from you know, lack of sleep probably, um, that you <laughs> No, I actually still get sleep. Yeah. <laughs> still get sleep. That's one of my priorities. Cause I know if I don't get sleep, I'll probably be grouchy. So yeah. gotta get that. <laughs> so what, some of the biggest challenges, I think in the beginning it was, I had a huge block around my voice. I've always had a huge block around my voice. Like I've always had a huge block. So that was big for me at the beginning. Like it really took realizing that, the stories and the other people are greater than my own block around my voice. So it really took realizing that, but that was hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like that was easy. That was hard. Especially when you have to like listen to yourself. And I had a lot of like things from growing up when I was younger, like I was in speech therapy and I had all these beliefs around my voice, never being good enough. So that was huge. A lot of rewriting that, a lot of taking the pressure off of that, a lot of listening to my voice and being like, okay, it's not that bad. Like we could get used to that. <laughs> It took a lot of that. Another thing for me, another block I would say was sharing my story at the beginning because I felt like I wasn't at the after yet, you know? So if you're not at the after, is your story still important? You know, like I had all these beliefs around like, well, I'm not at the after yet. I'm only 20. Like, what do I know? You know? So like, who's going to listen to me? So I had a block around sharing my story. I actually didn't really share a lot about my story until like months, months down the road. So it took me kind of a while to open up about that. And then another block I had was going on other people's podcasts and being interviewed by them. That was another one. Cause I was like, wait, they're going to ask me like any questions they want. And like, whatever's going to come up is going to come up. And I have to, you kind of had to release control. Cause I'm used to being in the position where I get to ask the questions, you know, I get to steer the conversation, but being in this position, it's a lot less control than being on that position, you know? So letting go of control and letting go of like, just being able to share my story and being able to realize that even though I'm not at the after yet, I could still share the during and the during could still be incredible. And it could still be, could still resonate with people. It could still help people. Even if you're at the during, someone's going to relate to that as well. So I'd say those are three of the major ones. Yeah. And I think that that's definitely probably the scariest, especially if you're not someone who's like comfortable or used to, I guess, publicly broadcasting stuff on the internet, it can be really overwhelming. And I think if someone's listening to this and you're struggling with that, it's also important to remember that like, this is pretty harsh, but no one cares about you as much as you care about you. So if people see that like, oh, Sophia posted this podcast, chances are they'll think like, oh, that's funny or oh, that's cool. But they're not going to be like, I'm going to sit here and obsessively watch every single story and pick her apart and judge everything she says or does. Because at the end of the day, most people are focused on like, well, what am I doing today? And what about me? So I think that that just sort of eases the pressure when it comes to overcoming that fear of like sharing your message. If you have something that you think is going to benefit people, you're better off to share it because the people who need to hear it need to hear it. And the people who are going to judge you for it at the end of the day, don't care as much anyway, because they're too busy with their own stuff. So 
Yeah. And I also wanted to add something to that. When you share your story, like boldly and just share it as it is, you'll be surprised at the amount of people you start to attract. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you just start to attract these people out of nowhere. And like, you get like these messages, you'll get like voice messages. They're like, Hey, thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for sharing about this. And then they'll share a piece of their life with me because mm-hmm. I was the one who opened up first and then they opened up to me. So really, if you want to be, if you want to share your story, if you want to share your message, it's such a good way to just start to attract your ideal people too, like your ideal friends, your ideal community. Like I never really had any friends or any close people in the personal development space until I started opening up this podcast and opening up about my story. Then I started to attract all these incredible people. And really, I needed to be the one to open up first in order to attract these people. But I was just surprised at how like magnetic it is when you start to share your, your story. Mm-hmm. And I think that also you'll be surprised at who reaches out to you. I know like for me, I get a lot of people from my past who I was never necessarily friends with. We were just like, we went to school together or I know them through another person who will reach out to me and be like, oh, I listened to your podcast episode and like this really resonated with me. And this is what I've been going through lately. And it's like, wow, I didn't even, like you do not even fit the type of person who I thought listened to my podcast. That's awesome. And so these people sort of come from really unexpected places and you never really know like who you're going to impact with your message. So in my opinion, I think you're better off to share what's on your heart because there is going to be someone out there that needs to hear it. Like I can guarantee you someone is listening to this episode right now, nodding along being like, all right, I got to go do that thing that I said I was going to do because now's the time. So I think that regardless of whatever fears you have associated with like, well, what are people going to think or what's it going to look like? Or I don't know what I'm doing. There's someone out there who will find value in the message that you have to share. And it just comes down to sharing it and being consistent with sharing that same message over and over and over again. I'd be curious to know what advice you have for someone who's in that position for any millennials who are maybe sitting on a dream, then they're just like a little bit afraid to pull the trigger. What would you say to them? So one thing I find interesting whenever I have like idea or something like that, I notice that the universe drops hints. I don't know if you know this, like you, you come up with something and then like all of a sudden you start like seeing that thing somewhere or someone brings up something in a conversation and it relates to that thing you're thinking about, but tell no one about, right? So like there's little hints along the way. And I would say just do it because regret is so much more painful than just doing it. Even if you do it and it fails, at least you're going to learn something for it. So I would say just do it. And I would say, take the pressure off of it. Like it's just take the pressure off of it and just see it as a way to learn, see it as experiments. You never know what's going to happen from it. So I would say that. And then, so I love the theory by, um, do you know Ed Milet? Yeah. Okay. So he has this theory and I absolutely love this theory. So I was actually at um, the Summit of Greatness with Lewis House before the pandemic and everything happened and I was there on stage. And if you ever had the opportunity to see him on stage, you should. He has like this magnetic energy. And when he walks into a room, it's like all the attention is drawn on him. Like he just has this way of speaking and sharing messages that is just so good. Like when I was watching him on stage, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's better than seeing him in videos. Like if you could see him on stage, it's just so much better and so much more dynamic. And when I was watching him and he was sharing all these stories and then I've heard his max out theory before, but it was really cool to hear in person. So he essentially has this max out theory. 
And so what it is, is at the end of our lives, we're going to see someone who is the maxed out version of us. We're going to see who we could have been and what could have happened if we would have played full out. And so essentially we're going to go and meet this version. And the goal is to be as close as possible to this version of the maxed out version of you. And I just love this theory. And I love thinking in the way of like, what does maxed out Sophia look like? How does she show up? What is she doing differently than I am? And I think just like thinking of that theory and just also like the car accident really helped shift my perspective because it was like a blind sighting event. And it kind of happened out of nowhere. And it kind of woke me up to like, we think we have tomorrow. We think we have 10, 20 years, but we really don't know. So I think that experience and hearing all these stories was kind of what helped me of realizing, okay, like the time's now, <laughs> like we can't prolong this. We can't keep waiting. We have to start creating the things that we want to see. Yeah. And that is so, so, so important. I love that you said that. I always talk to my clients. I guess it's a similar idea of like your highest self. So who is the highest version of yourself? What are those things that you want to accomplish? And if you already had those things, like what action would you be taking right now? And I know I've used this in my own life, even like recruiting certain people to come guest on the podcast. I remember when I first started my podcast, I would see people on Instagram and I'm like, oh, this person has 20,000 followers. Like they'd never want to come talk to my audience. And then it was like, well, wait a minute. If I had a million downloads, I wouldn't have any problem asking this person to come. So the worst thing they're going to say to me is no, I might as well ask them and see what they say. And so that's just a small example. But I think with anything in our lives, if we can start showing up with that, like air of confidence of someone that who is successful has that's what's going to get us there because you look at those people who are successful. And I know I've seen multiple interviews with large influencers or people like Lewis house. And they say like, I still feel like an imposter at times. I wonder like, how did I even create this thing? They also don't have it all figured out. They're just showing up and continuing to show up as like you said, the max out version or the highest version of themselves each and every day in pursuit of what it is they desire. And so it's so, so important to maintain that perspective and to understand that like, you can't just act like low bar all the time and expect that one day you're just gonna end up on top. You have to put yourself in the position of the person who you want to become. So I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that it's something that we can lose sight of, especially if we aren't, again, seeing the success we wanna see as rapidly as we'd like to see it, it can be really defeating and difficult to consistently want to continue to show up as that sort of maxed out version. So I really appreciate that reminder. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on here today, Sophia. I'd love to know where people can connect with you online. Yeah, my Instagram's the shit show of my 20s and my podcast is available pretty much everywhere. And I would love to connect with you guys. You can send me a DM and yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much um, for coming on here. I'll share all of that in the show notes of this episode. And you and I will chat again very, very soon. Well, my friends, that's it. That's all for this week's episode. Stay tuned next week for a solo episode. Lots of great interviews lined up coming into May, June, July. So get excited for those. And as always, if you want to connect with either me or this week's guest, you can find us both on Instagram. Everything is linked down below. So until next time, I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you get notified when new episodes go live. Make sure to rate and review this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. I'll talk with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Love you so much.